these two very brief scripture verses will guide our thinking about other religions and faith traditions. First one is from Paul's letter to the church in Galatia. They were sort of trying to have this conversation about who was in and who was out. And Paul wrote to them, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And then in this letter to the Hebrews from the New Testament, the author wrote, do not forget to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. This ends the reading from both Paul's letter and the letter to the Hebrews. May these words which once transformed the disciples' hearts transform and warm our hearts as well. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth, gracious God, and the meditations of each and every one of our hearts be offered humbly and faithfully. Amen. The question that I think the Reverend Ralph Kiten was trying to answer in the living of his life is a question I've heard from many of you literally dozens of times. I mean, what does my faith say about other religions? Some have said, what does the Bible say about other religions? Others have framed it, is it possible to be both faithful to my Christian faith and charitable to other religions? Or what does it mean to love my neighbor if my neighbor is of a different religion? Some of you have also added to that, finally, what is there unique about the Christian faith? Well, there is something unique about the Christian faith, but that's for a sermon in a couple of weeks. But my hunch is that many of those questions are, of course, prompted today by the increasing religious diversity of our nation. And indeed, it's true, we live in one of the most religiously complex countries in the world, and we live in an increasingly diverse world as well. A wonderful metaphor for our nation's diversity can be found on a street that is just outside of Washington, D.C. It's a stretch of road that is lovingly, I think, called the highway to heaven. Block after block, there's this sort of amazing breadth of religious traditions. There is a Vietnamese Catholic church. There's a Korean Presbyterian church, and I know you've heard me say before, you know there are more Presbyterians in Korea than there are in the United States. There is, along this highway to heaven, a Ukrainian Orthodox parish. There is a synagogue, a Hispanic Seventh-day Adventist congregation, an Islamic mosque, a Hindu temple, and tucked among this wide diversity of the faithful, a small Episcopal parish. It's a remarkable and wonderful variety of religious experiences that exists throughout our nation and our world. And I say the world because there's an even longer and there's an even more diverse street than that one in Washington, D.C. The street that I'm thinking of, believe it or not, passes through 150 countries. And along the way, over 100 languages are spoken there. Languages like Albanian and Arabic, Spanish, Hebrew, English. It's amazing, it's the most diverse street in the world. On that street live Christians, Muslims, Hindus, Christians, Jews, Sikhs, 
Buddhists all live on the same street. Do you know what the longest street in the planet is? Sesame Street. Sesame Street appears in 150 countries. It's produced in 100 different languages. And thank goodness, thank goodness that Sesame Street is nurturing a whole generation of children who are learning that sharing your cookies with someone who is different from you can actually enrich your life. Well, there's another way, I think, to ask all those questions that people have asked of me. The question that I think Reverend Ralph Kiten was trying to answer in his life. And the question is this, is there divinity in diversity? A few years back in the New York Times, a theologian, well-known theologian, Joseph Huff, wrote a column entitled, God is not limited to Christians. One of his points was that Christians need to develop a new way of looking at and relating to other religions of the world. And the new way, he said, is part of what it means to have interreligious dialogue. And one of the things they don't do in interreligious dialogue today is simply say, well, we're all the same. We just believe the same thing, it's just variations. In fact, in most interfaith discussions, persons of other religions are somewhat troubled by anyone who says we're just all the same. So rather, the modern basis for interreligious conversations is this. For someone to testify, for someone to say, this is why I am a Christian, or a Muslim, or a Jew. And to add, by being a Christian, this is how it transforms my life. It's generally accepted that the most faithful way to encounter other faith traditions is to be strong in your own tradition and respectful and hospitable toward the others. Because remember, whenever we show hospitality to the stranger, we might very well be entertaining an angel. Religion, Huff goes on to say, is a human and faithful response to our experience of the strangely warmed heart that we find in God. And he reminds us something that many of us know, that religions differ as much as, cult as cultures do. And so we need to be careful. Everyone needs to be careful about claiming that their religious form is the only one that is authentic. And yet, and yet, as Christians, we do affirm that the God we worship, the God whom we meet in Jesus, is unique for us. And that idea of uniqueness is the concept of grace. But again, in a couple of weeks. But God, as revealed for us in Jesus, does not call us to abandon people who call God by other names. But rather, as one preacher suggested, that as much as Jesus is the way for me, the way of Jesus teaches me to respect those who call God by another name. So friends, it is not in spite of Jesus that we can relate to sisters and brothers of other religions, but it's because of who Jesus calls us to be, to love one another as Jesus loves us. I want to suggest to you that it's not only possible for us to be faithful to our Christian faith, but
but also charitable to other faith traditions. It's not only possible, but it's likely essential. A friend of mine actually is really helpful here because he wrote that my guess, he said, my guess is that the passages in the Bible which are most salient to our relationship with other religions are those which speak to one of the Bible's great themes. Hebrew Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, the theme is hospitality. Welcome the stranger. You know, may not know when you entertain an angel. Another says, welcome the stranger. Do not turn the alien or the foreigner away from your door. I believe it is that kind of hospitality that is an expression of, and not a contradiction to, but an expression of our devotion to God revealed to us in Jesus. Consider the experience of a Christian pastor and a professor as well, who wrote that when I sit with Muslim brothers and sisters as they're saying their Friday prayers, she said, it's clear to me as a Christian, not simply as a scholar, she said, please, but as a Christian, that the one I call God is not a stranger to that place. For me, Jesus is the fullest way for me to know God. And yet it is Jesus' way that teaches me to respect and live in peace with other faith traditions. It is because of Jesus we can learn from people who call God by other names. And if we respect others who call God by other names, that respect will not be in spite of our faith in Christ, but because of it. I mean, that's the life of the Reverend Ralph Kite, who for 60 years ministered to people who were in the most difficult and poorest and poverty-stricken circumstances at that time known to humanity. And he did it out of his desire to follow the light of Christ's love. As we as a congregation embark on our 135th year May that beautiful and hospitable spirit flourish in us as well. And may we live peacefully, respectfully, and lovingly with brothers and sisters of all faith traditions. May it be so. Amen.